0: Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby.
1: Well, and this is a little music,
2: John, because of Cheetah Rivera. It's a sad day today. Cheetah Rivera. And her first big, uh, show was... West
1: Side Story, you think about. I mean, she was an, a legend. Uh, always vibrant, always fiery, and what a talent. Oh, and, and a Broadway icon. You she was your
3: original Maria.
1: Yes, original Maria, Broadway icon. I mean, you saw her, by the way, at so many different charity events, even up until a few years ago, John. She was 91
2: years old. I know my friend uh, Judy Abrams, our friend Judy Abrams, yes. uh, has always been with her. and uh, Absolutely.
1: And Absolutely. What, it's a, just what a, very a talent. It's a
2: very sad day. All right, but we do have some happy days. Today is... Uh, uh, Andrew Giuliani's birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Andrew. How awesome. We love Andrew. Part of the WABC family and great guy. And uh, what else? Um. And lots of stuff happening. By the way, later on in the show, we're going to be talking, John, to Sid Rosenberg,
2: our own Sid Rosenberg, who's Sid over in Rosenberg Israel. Sid Rosenberg is going to be calling in from Israel. It's yes. going to be one o'clock in the morning and. We're going to uh, wake him up. <laughs> wake him up, wake him up, Sid.
1: We're going to wake him up. I can't wait to hear what it's like on the ground because we're seeing it from here, John, but to get a sense from what it's like actually over there thousands and of miles sad away. Sad
2: news, too. The city council has oh. overruled Ad- Mayor Adams. Speaker Adams has overruled Mayor Adams. It's, Ad, it's the Adams family, it's I guess. The Adams family. Just, but it's going to be very so sad. Fun, and fun. we're going to have the uh, Chief of Patrol show uh, on uh, about 530 30, uh, to tell us what the heck they're going to do now. Yeah, boy. That, I mean, that is
1: so terrible. John, you you said it yesterday when we talked about what this does to security in the city. Yes. And that's and, what the bottom line In the
2: studio with us, Judge Richard Weinberg and, uh, uh, Craig Eaton, and he looks great. He lost, uh, almost 20 pounds. And Craig, you look great. Thank
4: you, John. Thank you. Trying to get healthy, trying to get
2: back in shape for the summer. You look great.
1: You look, oh my God, you're an inspiration to every New Yorker. I'm telling you. Um, and speaking of John crazy stuff that's going on in the Middle East, we just heard a little bit ago from President Biden. He said, he knows he's going to do something, but he hasn't said what it is, he but hasn't he hasn't
2: found the empty tie well, set he, to bomb. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, will he call Iran and say, what could I bomb that won't <laughs> hurt, anybody? Anybody? You yeah, hurt mother, anybody?
1: Mother,
4: may I? <laughs> well, you know what the scary, the scary thing is. It's he's scary right now. But he's talking about the border. He's going to close the border. He's going to do all these things as we get closer to election day. Yeah. And you know what? And, and it's not in his heart. It's not what he's been doing for the last 9 months. And he but now do all of a sudden, credit? now all of a sudden it's election day, yeah. so he wants and to after make it election happen. he'll go back to business as usual. Exactly. But I hope the I hope the, the public is smarter than that.
1: Yeah, by the way, he also said Biden today speaking of which, Craig, to your point about politics, he said I've done everything I can on the border. I, I what does he think? Like we're we're like living in La La Land. We see the pictures. It is so obvious that he has not how done about anything about the border. How about
3: enforcing the immigration laws? How about keeping Remain in Mexico? How about not releasing the people in? Masses of hundreds of thousands of millions on parole. We won't get a hearing for eight
2: years. Well, now we have Alan Dershowitz. Yep. And one of the greatest professors of law ever. Ever. And he's got a, a new book, also
1: War Against the Jews, another big bestseller. And Professor Dershowitz, uh, there is so much I got to talk with you about. First off, UNRWA, this group, this is this UN agency. This UN agency, it turns out, That they had, they're saying maybe 1,200 people in this agency have some ties to Hamas, and some of them actually facilitated the October 7th attack. The claims are RPGs, even taking some people hostage.
5: Look, I wish people had read my book uh, 20 years ago with a case uh, for Israel. I talked about UNRWA in that book, and I talked about it as a basic front for terrorism and for hamas and uh those of us who have been studying this issue have known that unraha along with other organizations along with the uh the the uh red crescent along with doctors without borders uh along with many many other international organizations have been doing the work of hamas for years and years and years now the idea that 1,300 of them would actually be associated with Hamas just shows stupidity. They could have hidden their association a lot better. And I'm sure there are a lot more than 12 people who participated in the events of October 7th. I'll bet it's more like 70 uh, or 75. Um, Look, America shouldn't be giving a penny to UNRWA. We should be creating, first of all, there shouldn't be a special organization. For Palestinian refugees. It's a disaster because it keeps them as refugees. Remember, they were refugees 75 years ago. There's a statute of limitations. Integrate them. At the same time that 700,000 Palestinians became refugees, 700,000 Jews became refugees from Arab countries in North Africa. And Israel integrated every single one of them into the population, whereas UNRWA has kept them in these camps. Uh, and, and tell them you're still refugees. You have a right to go back to Israel. The, the UNRWA schools are, 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 they could be Nazi Germany schools. They teach their students mathematics about if you kill one Jew and you kill seven Jews, is that eight altogether? You know, everything is about killing Jews in Israel and UNRWA. So the organization itself ought to be deemed a terrorist organization, it ought to be banned. Forget about defunding. It ought to be banned, but not a single American penny should go there. There should be a relief organization for Gaza, okay, but not one that's affiliated with Hamas.
2: Professor, we we agree, <clears throat> but uh, ever since like, 2006, there hasn't been reasonable peace among the Palestinians and the, and the Israelis. They all, they all went to work every day until Iran pushed a button on the Hamas.
5: Yeah, and not only that, but there was a ceasefire,
2: and you know, I mean, people were going, people were going to hospitals,
5: yeah, people were going went, to, went to, work to work every
2: day. They were working with each other, and and, yeah. and and these these crazy Hamas people, Iran fed them the money, on conditions that they go and kill.
5: Yeah, but I think the worst problem is who's marching for Hamas today. Not my children and your children, but my friends' children and grandchildren. People I know, Jewish kids, um, Protestant kids, Catholic kids, are marching with Hamas in the same way that kids from Princeton and Harvard and Yale marched for Hitler in the 1930s and Stalin in the 1940s and Castro. Are they mar- marching 1960s. for Hamas
2: or are they marching, marching for the for Palestinians' Hamas. people who are suffering?
5: Oh, no, not at all. There isn't a single sign. I have offered a $1,000 dollars to be paid to the Palestinian Authority if somebody could find me a single sign calling for a two-state solution in these protests. Nobody wants there to be a state called Israel. It's all about abolishing Israel. Remember that these protests began before Israel fired a single shot. It is crazy. It began on October 8th. Well, there was no fire to cease. So the ceasefire is a way of bringing these useful idiots in. And, you know, there's been a history of useful idiots, kids on college campuses, being led by their Pied Piper professors uh, and being told what to do and who to support. You remember when, when I was in college, I don't know if when any of you were in college, kids had in their dorm rooms pictures of Che Guevara or on their T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Che Guevara was a mass murderer, but he was a left-wing supporter of Fidel Castro. So these useful idiots were putting his pictures up. And now they're putting up pictures of Hamas leaders and, 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 and others. You know, there was a poll that showed that a substantial percentage of young kids admired Osama bin Laden, the man who killed 3,000 Americans just blocks away from where you are. It's, it, you know, there's no underestimating the stupidity of college kids. It's disgusting. Who are influenced by their professors. Not all of them. There are some great kids. I taught many of them. And there are many of them now who are fighting back against this. But, but did, did you see, Professor
1: Dershowitz? Did you yeah. see also the protests lately? Speaking of protests, um, there were these uh, groups that came after it was a Kissinger memorial, Henry Kissinger, I and there were a series yeah. of he memorials. Was a friend of
5: mine, yeah, uh, yeah. And,
1: and we loved Henry Kissinger too. Doctor Kissinger yeah. was uh, amazing, and Doctor Kissinger here, they're honoring him after his passing. They are shouting at the attendees at a memorial saying, we're going to burn your house down because they yeah, were yeah, Jewish. Yeah. It was frightening to see that.
5: And it's Temple Emmanuel, which is about the least Jewish Jewish institution in America. I mean, it is so reformed and, you know, they banned me from Temple Emanuel. They won't let me speak there about Israel. They will allow um, Peter Beinhart, who to denies Israel's right to exist. They paid him $25,000 to deny Israel's right to exist but they've banned me from speaking at Temple Emanuel. So I'm not particularly sympathetic to Temple Emanuel, but I am sympathetic to Henry Kissinger, who was a great man, and to the individuals who went to this uh, memorial service. But uh, but uh, Temple Emanuel is part of the problem, not part of the solution.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Let me ask you about the uh, case proceeding in the World Court against yeah. Israel brought by South Africa. And now reports that a lot of information that was fed to the World Court by South Africa, actually came from Hamas-related terrorist organizations. What are your thoughts on that?
5: Let's remember one thing. Anybody who accuses Israel of genocide is a Holocaust denier. Why? Because we know that the Holocaust was genocide. And if all the Holocaust was, was an army fighting legitimately for its own defense of its own people, then there was no Holocaust. Uh, And there was no genocide. Remember, the word genocide was developed to describe The killing of six million Jews. And now to accuse Israel of genocide is to essentially say there was no Holocaust. And the International Court of Justice should never have taken the case. I don't believe Israel should have made substantive arguments. My own view is that they should have challenged the jurisdiction of the court. They still can. I didn't like the decision better than a decision that would have said you had to have a ceasefire, which Israel would have ignored. Um, but I think Israel gave legitimacy to this court. Today, the opinion wasn't so terrible, but a year from now, there'll be an opinion. Two years from now, there'll be an opinion, which will be terrible, and I think it was a mistake for Israel to lend any legitimacy to the International Court of Justice. The International Court of Justice is a U.N. body, the same U.N. that sponsors UNRWA, by, by the way, real, real quick, the U.N. should be trusted. Yeah.
1: Professor Dershowitz, to your point, really quick before I let you go, someone a friend of ours who listened to the show is asking, can someone sue the U.N. or UNRWA for participating in October 7th attack? If they find out that yes. they supplied them, can they be complicit? Can they go after them?
5: Yes, and I think organizations um, that there are a few of them, the Brandeis Center Lawfare, uh, could go after UNRWA uh, and members of UNRWA for, uh, facilitating terrorism. Also, UNRWA could be charged, and uh, members of UNRWA could be charged under American law, which makes it a crime, to lend material support to any terrorist group. We now know that UNRWA has lent support to terrorist groups like Hamas. So it is subject to criminal jurisdiction in the United States, and it has offices in the United States.
2: Very interesting. And I don't think the Justice Department is going to go after them. Yeah, and boy, should well, they. they? should. Yeah, they, they absolutely yeah,
5: should. No, I agree with you. Look, the United States, under the Biden administration, restarted their funding after the Trump administration correctly cut off their funding. Yeah. So I, that's something I support Trump on and not Biden on.
1: Professor Dershowitz, thank you very much. Great to have you always here. Thank keep you. Keep thank fighting for justice, yes. Professor. And
5: send my regard to Sid, please. Yeah. I will. Yes,
1: we will. Absolutely. Bye. And uh, who do we have now? Now we have a Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. Uh, of course, he was former National Security Advisor there under the Trump administration. And General Kellogg, all eyes, of course, on what is the U.S. going to do after this Iranian proxy group takes out three Americans, kills three Americans. And wounded a lot. And wounded a lot. Over 40. 40, exactly. What are we going to do? The president just said a few minutes ago, General Kellogg, that... He knows he's going to do something. He didn't say what. What do you think he should do, and what do you think he will do?
6: Yeah, well, look, thanks, for Rita, for having me on. Look, the attacks in the Middle East have been relentless. There's been over 160. And they keep talking about deterrence. Deterrence means stop, and there's no deterrence. You know, deterrence in President Biden's mind as he says the word don't. Well, that's going to not going to work. There's three pieces to deterrence. It's communications, what your intent is. There's credibility and there's capability. You know, we're only doing one of them, and that's the fact that we have pretty good capability. So I think what's going to happen is you're going to see a window open here, an attack window by the United States within the next 24 to 48 hours. That's based on my experience. Get your forces set in which you're going to do something. And then you stack your targets. When you do your target thinking, you stack them in tiers, like Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. The Tier 1, and tier one targets to me are those inside Iran the supreme leader, leader of the Cuts Force, Ismail Ghani, or uh, the Porto nuclear facility. The tier two would be the Bashad, which is a spy ship, in the Red Sea, which is targeting ships as they go through the Red Sea. Target tier level three is attacks inside Yemen or inside uh, Iraq or inside Syria. I think this president's going to go to the lower tier. I don't think he's going up tier. I think he said he's already – he said today was he's going – out the door of the White House to a a fundraiser that he's made his decision. Okay. That decision has been made. He's passed it down to the commanders uh, uh, in in the field and they're going to make those calls. And I, if I was a betting guy, I'd say you're not going to see a significant response. And because of that, this is the, the, our concept of deterrence. I mean, how are the United States is going to fail in the Middle East? It's going to be more of the same. And we're going to be put back in a big box in just one of these days. And I made this comment earlier, Rita, that if you didn't believe something like this was going to happen uh, earlier, the, then you're a fool. It's going to happen. It's going to happen again. And my concern is it could be, potentially be worse. And then you're in a, a huge box and it's all our fault.
3: General uh, Judge Richard Wamper, good to talk to you again, sir. My concern is they're going to hit one of our ships, and you're going to have hundreds of our people killed. And then what does this administration do about that?
6: Yeah, Judge, you know, you're right. That's my next step. That's the big concern I've got because they've dodged a couple true bullets when it comes to shipping, and they could hit a ship, and, and then you've got a lot of sailors wounded or hurt. Look, I'll go back to what happened in 1988. Remember, 1988, there was a frigate, U.S. frigate. The Samuel Roberts had hit a mine in the Persian Gulf, wounded, not killed. Wounded ten sailors because of that. President Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, sank half of the Iranian Navy's operational fleet. That send a message, and that's what you have to do. You know these people are not Jeffersonian Democrats. Okay, they they need their respect force, uh, and we need to prove it and and provide that that level to to them. And they're not. They don't want to start a war with us. They're going to back off. They did it with Soleimani. They did it under Reagan. They do it again if, if uh, we're able to hit them hard. They're not going to do it, though, Judge. I just It's not in this administration's DNA to do it.
4: Lieutenant General, this is Craig Eaton. You know, my biggest concern here is, look at what's happening over there, but terrorists are walking through the border every single day. People that, that are coming here to destroy America, to destroy Americans, and it's only a matter of time when the war is on our territory here, on our territory.
7: You
6: know, you know, Craig, I, I would say when somebody asked me the question, I said, what are your five national security issues that you're concerned about? And I always, I always say five. That's how many fingers I have in one hand. Yeah, I think the biggest one is our border. Second is the state of the U.S. military, which I think is declining. Then the regional areas, both Europe, the Far East, and the Middle East. But the biggest issue I believe we have is, trying to secure our borders. And you're absolutely right. The amount of Godaways, in other words, we have no idea where they went to, and the amount of people that have been on the terrorist list that have come through the, the border is staggering. And, and the, they keep talking about legislation. They don't need legislation to do it. Go back to the policies that Trump had. We didn't have any legislation. He just used it by executive order. The Remain of Mexico plan or how they treated you know, the illegal immigrants that were coming across. There's a way to do it. And they're just continually pushed us down the road. And you're absolutely right. There is really no border. And it, we're just asking for big problems later on.
1: Yeah, we definitely are. And yet he still kind of said today, we're doing everything we can do, which is just obviously that is not the case. Pure,
2: pure nonsense. I, I'm really concerned about what the heck is going on. And, uh, you know, at what point do we call it a world war, uh, General?
6: Well, I don't think you're going to get a world war. It's a regional war. I mean, I, because a world war with all the nations involved, and I know that they are. But but if you don't watch out, you're going to get there. You know, when there was a comment that was made, Secretary Blinken said it's the most dangerous the Middle East has been since 1973. I think he's dead wrong. I think we're in a position right now globally, we're in a position that's like 1938, uh, when when the, the Nazis were on the march and they had the Italians and the Japanese as well. And you're looking at something very, very similar, because when you look at the breakout Right now, Iran could potentially be in a nuclear power, which could happen with, within a short period of time. When you look what the Chinese are doing and their expansion, and when you look what's happening with Russia and Ukraine as well. And this is it, – it, the problems have compounded. You know, when you have a problem, it's like juggling a ball. When my experience in the White House, you try to put the, the lid on each one you can as fast as you can because you never want to have to try to juggle three or four international issues all at the same time. They're juggling about five. And I think that's what happens is things drop. And you're seeing that right now. Plus, I don't think, very candidly, I don't think his national security team, Biden's team, is really that good. I don't have have any confidence in Jake Sullivan. I have limited confidence in Tony Blinken. And it's questionable about Lloyd Austin's secretary of defense.
2: We all Thank you very much, uh, General, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you. Thanks very
6: much. Thanks for having me.
2: Thank you, General. Thanks so much. And let's take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to find out what the heck is going on in the NYPD. Uh, we have Chief of Patrol, uh, Mr. Shaw, Commissioner Shaw.
0: A common-sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
1: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Well, they did it. The New York City Council overrode. Mayor Eric Adams' veto. We're
2: in deep crap.
1: This is terrible. Bogging police down uh, with all this paperwork and a whole bunch more. It's disgusting. And joining us now to talk about all of this is the chief of patrol there at the NYPD, uh, Chief John Shell. Chief, your reaction. Uh, the mayor put up a good fight, uh, but sadly, and I'm looking, I think the vote was 42 to 9 in the New York City Council. I mean that it's I'm so sad for us and I'm sad for the city and I'm sad for you guys at the NYPD.
8: Well, uh good evening guys. First and foremost, uh, it's it's a, it's a law now. You know, we always we always supported the the concept of the bill. The mayor has long stood for transparent transparency and public safety, but we just don't agree with what they're calling a level 1 stop. And, and let me be clear, there's no such thing as a level 1 stop. It's an inquiry. It's not based on uh, on being suspicious or accusatory. It, it, it doesn't exist. So we, we agree with the level two stoppers again to a moment. But now every inquiry we have starting in July, we have to do a, a report on a phone. So let's just put this in context. Last year, we did eight and a half million calls for service. Assuming everyone is one person on this call, there's eight and a half million times next year, we'll have to do this. We went out Saturday with the city council for our ride along, which I'm sure you you saw. And they had a lot of intriguing questions. Uh, They were curious. I don't think they were clear on the difference between a level one stop and a level two stop. And hopefully now there's some room for negotiation for July to kind of fix this. And we all want transparency and safety for our community. Uh, but maybe we can we can dive deeper into this and find that sweet spot how we can get this done. So they so postponed
2: about- it to July one before it, it takes effect.
8: No, I think it just it just takes effect on Jul- on July one. So, you know, we want to still go out with the city council and show them what this is like. Like I said, they were very intrigued the other night. We took them to a couple instances throughout the city. One was a shooting of a poor girl in Queens. Uh, she's going to be okay. And there was fifty sixty people at this party. So the detective bureau had to speak to sixty people and say, "Hey, did you see what happened?" Well, those now, as of the law, those are sixty separate reports we have to do, where we have to guess their age, sex, and race. So when it comes to transparency and accuracy, well, we're guessing at these things. So I don't know where that fits into this.
2: Now, how are they going to? Are they going to have people watching the patrol officers to see and set them up? Well, how, how are they going to know who who saw who?
8: Well, it come, it will come down in July uh, how we're going to document these uh, encounters on call because a level one, again, is not a stop. It's not accusatory. The person is free to go. It's just helping to find information. One councilman the other night asked, well, what happens uh, if someone loses their puppy? Well, we went around a couple blocks saying, have you seen this puppy? And we spoke to 10 people. That's 10 reports to find the dog.
2: So nobody's going
8: to go around That's looking it. for the puppy. Well, listen, we, we will. And we'll listen, we're, we're at agency. We, we, now it's law. And we'll be talking to the council for the next couple months. Maybe we can figure something out as we take them out of the street and show them different, different inquiries. But we will do our job. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll get it done. But in terms of community relations with our police officers, which is paramount, well, now it's going to be a little afraid. Cops are going to be, well, do I talk to this person? Do I not talk to this person? So it's going to take a, a, a toll there. Uh, our response time to calls for service, no matter if you doing it on a phone, on a piece of paper, if you're doing it during your shift, after your shift, there's an overtime concern now. So we, we have to discuss this further, and maybe we can come to a compromise. We're hoping.
4: Craig Eaton? Chief, this is Craig Eaton. You know, a couple of things that concern me is the the vote to support the mayor's veto. You had six Republicans and then three Democrats who are part of the Common Sense Caucus. And and you know what? It's all on party lines. I mean, the Democratic city council members are worried about puppies. I mean, they really need to look at what's going on in the communities, the murders, the rapes, the the, the high-level crimes that we're seeing every day. And it's not getting better. It's getting worse. And the city council is handcuffing the cops. The state legislature has handcuffed the judges and the prosecutors Mm -hmm. We need to take these handcuffs off if we're going right. to get back it, to it's safety. It's done. Nobody. It, it, it's re- but they have to start getting real. I mean, they're asking about what happens if a puppy is lost. I mean, we're talking about people dying every single day, and a council member is worried about a puppy. That's the state well, of affairs.
9: You know,
8: I we I can't control the legislation. I yeah. can't I can't control the city council. We just have to handle what's in front of us, what's laid at our feet. You know, we're the greatest police department in the world. We don't like this. We'll have to adapt to it. But, again, maybe between now and July, there'll be more conversations how to, you know, do I have to look for a missing person or a missing child, which we take, obviously, very seriously and, and span out in a community or multiple communities with a picture? And every person I say, have you seen this child. We have to stop and do a report, whether it's there at the end of our shift, maybe on overtime. We just don't agree with that, but the spirit of it, yes. You now let's talk about level two stops. And a level two stop is, I think, that's what they want. That's what they're really edging for. We agree with this. A level two stop is when you, when you, when you're a police officer, you see someone, they look suspicious, you think they're suspicious, and you challenge them, but they're still free to go. That we agree with. That level two we agree with. We, we can measure that. A level three stop is reasonable suspicion. We, you're not free to go. And a level four is you make the arrest. But the level one, again, I'll say it again, it's an inquiry. It's just asking questions. It's not. It's crazy. It's called the
3: common. It's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, chief. It's called the common uh, law of inquiry. It's not a big deal.
8: Correct. And you're asking my cops now to, you know, if you want to be accurate and transparent, that's great. And again, I'll say it again. We're we're, we're all for that. But you're asking my cops now and our cops to guess your age, your sex, your race. I'm not so sure, sure how accurate those numbers are. Yeah, that's you crazy. To to thank you. And
1: I also Chief feel Charles, it's bogging you down.
2: Hard break. Absolutely. Chief Shaw, thank you so much for, thank coming, you for on, coming on. And thank you for keeping uh,
8: all New Yorkers informed.
1: Yeah, and trying to do the best you can, given uh, tough circumstances, Absolutely. too, Chief.
8: Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll make it happen. We're the best. You thank guys you.
0: are the best. We go <laughs> uh,
2: Right now, let's go to hot news by... Uh, by Goya. Goya.
0: It's the top news of the day. Sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby.
2: And as
1: you heard at the top here of Cots and Cosby, we have been talking about the border and what a mess things are. Well, the push to impeach DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the border crisis. Boy, is it heating up. The Republican-led House Homeland Security Committee began marking up articles of impeachment against the secretary today. He could become the first cabinet Secretary to be impeached in 150 years if it were to happen. Former President Trump will remain on the presidential primary ballot in Illinois. The state's Board of Elections just voted to dismiss another challenge to Trump's eligibility over his alleged actions surrounding January 6th. And President Biden now plans to attend the dignified transfer of the U.S. soldiers killed in a strike in Jordan by Iranian proxy groups. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters just a little bit ago that Biden has now just spoken with the families of the three fallen service members. Of the troops, of course, that were killed, as we know, Sunday in that drone attack. And he will go to Dover Air Force Base to receive and be there with the families. That's going to take place on Friday. And those are your big Goya top stories of the day, John.
2: And Goya has those best beans. I love those beans. You know what I do with the beans? What do you do? I add them into my regular soup. If I'm having, no matter what kind of soup I have, I put some Goya beans in it. Good protein, good energy, good vitamins, and delicious. Absolutely. Let's go for a break, and when we come back, I think uh, we're going to talk amongst ourselves, and then we're going to have Charlie Gasparino.
0: You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Matides and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: Coming up will be Charlie Gasparino, and Sid Rosenberg is going to be calling in from Jerusalem to tell us what the heck is going on meanwhile. Where, where,
1: what's going on in our city? Oh, my, in our city and in the country. Uh, first off,
2: you I was guys, a little bit taken back with, uh, with Chief, Chief Shaw. Oh. And, and I know, look, our NYPD, they're good and they'll make it work somehow. They're the best. But let me tell you something. This city council, I'm disappointed in them. They're, they're tying, uh, they're, they're tying up the police officers not to do their job. Yeah, they're
1: bogging them down. And as you just heard with these incremental, Filings that are going to take so much time. It takes them on when it's they're ridiculous. on the street. They
3: have to make the recordings, and then when they get back to the office, they have to do it. So you're losing police time. Yeah. They're
2: spending their time instead of getting criminals. Yes, we need them. We need more time of them. Doing
1: we need more yeah. of them. We don't exactly need them right. pulled off the street we in the middle of all pushers.
2: this. We need rural law
4: enforcement. And, and like we said, it's all party lines. That's what bothers me. You have to have some of these Democrats.
2: Some of these Democrats out there have to look they're at what's scared. happening here. The yes. common they're, sense they're, Democrats they're, are scared against the socialist they're, Democrats. They're, they're, that's a shame because they're, they're playing politics clearly. So, so
3: John, so why do we call them common sense Democrats if they don't have the courage to Protect the city.
1: There's a couple common sense. No, no, we, did have, we did there's have we did have common common Bob sense. Holden, one, one, who did a great the job. The ones
3: who vote to override Mayor Adams' veto on this. Well, How did the, the New York Post, Post had Yeah, they're the not. Front I agree
2: page. with you. The New York Post had their pictures on the front page today, and maybe we should put it on our website. I think we should. Here are the forty-two. You know, yeah. here are the ones.
1: They're nine who had there's the nine, courage to nine, to help Adams.
3: Right-thinking people. And by the way, kudos
1: to Mayor Adams for fighting the good fight. He was trying. Um, speaking also, by the way, of legal stuff, guys. Speaker Adams yes. kicks Mayor Adams. Yeah, it's a shame. And hurts New York City, John. Don't forget that hurts line City, because that's the bottom yeah. line.
4: And kudos to, to Council Member Kalman Yeager, Yang, and to Bob Holden, who yes. were part of that Common Sense Caucus that voted. Supporting, you know, the mayor. You know what so, we should
1: do? We should put on the website, John. Put on the ones who voted against yeah, and yeah. here are the ones who voted for. Six
4: Republicans and the three common sense Democrats.
1: Absolutely. I, I think speaking of law and uh justice, you you have some updates on the Fannie Willis case, Tranny Judge. Fanny
3: Willis, the, the, the counsel, the DA in Fulton County in Georgia, who brought the that so called RICO case against President Trump. She's now the facing 22 articles of impeachment to remove her from office because of abuse of power by her. And one of the things that she... Is that the one
2: that was screwing around on her husband or something?
3: (laughs) that's That's the one who who uh, appointed the guy as was a married. special counsel, who went to the White House for two eight-hour meetings to talk about strategy involving the prosecution. The boyfriend. The boyfriend. The, boyfriend. the, the boyfriend. married boyfriend, yeah. right? But talking about boyfriends, let me go to the second one. Yeah, Cori Bush, Corey, right? Cori Bush, a congresswoman. Yeah, this is part two. Okay. So she's the one who led the charge. She's part of the squad, led the charge for defunding police. Meanwhile, this woman has the audacity to spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on her own private security. So while the rest of us can't have law enforcement, police protection, she has private security. And guess where that money went to? Her husband. Yes. And so she's now being investigated for that. So what do these two women have in common? No moral Conscience. You know what? It reminded me. What was the bodyguard movie? It was Whitney Houston
1: yeah. and Kevin Costner. Yeah. And in this case, it's Corey Bush and the bodyguard, but and Lisa now they're mu- married.
3: Yeah, but at least <laughs> the music was good in that show.
1: Yeah, it was, and Kevin Costner was cute too. So that. But who wasn't who about paid
3: it. for the security guards for Corey Bush? Who paid uh, for those? How about the taxpayers? That's parade? what I
4: was going to say. So, the so, ta- so the
1: taxpayers are paying it, and it's going to her husband. I mean. Right. That's why they're
4: investigating You you can't make this stuff up.
1: So as we're talking about all of these cases and all of these things, also people who have been going after President Trump, there's the other case, and our guest right now is the guy who had some great scoops tied to the E. Jean Carroll case. (laughs) This is the case, of course, in New York. And this is the woman who says that Donald Trump, quote, sexually assaulted her. That's what she claims in the 1990s at a Bergdorf Goodman department store. Well, our next guest, Charlie Gasparino, broke a big bombshell on the case, uh, telling the legal team about some connections with the judge and the attorney for Eugene Carroll. Charlie Gasparino, great to have you here. Of course, the great Fox Business reporter. Charlie, tell us about this potential conflict of interest here, potentially.
7: Well, you know, listen, I, whether it is, whether it's not, I just bring up the facts. Uh, both, um, Roberta Kaplan. And Judge Kaplan, Lou Kaplan, worked together at uh, at at, at uh, Paul Weiss, the big law firm, for about a year and a half, way back when in the 1990s. This came to my attention be I didn't know this, and I, I'm not even following the case that much, because a former partner said that they knew each other, and they, you know, they they were at least in his view, you know, they were they, they had some sort of a you know a relationship. Now we should point out Kaplan. There's no relationship. Never worked on a case with him. You know, it's not a problem. It's it's not a conflict. Uh, it's a big law firm. Uh, on top of that, though, what's also was interesting is the other co-counsel of the firm, of of the of E. Jean Carroll, uh, uh, Sean Crowley, was the clerk for Judge Kaplan, and on top of that, he officiated apparently officiated her wedding. Now, you know. I'm, I I don't know what happened or didn't happen at Bergdorf Goodman years ago, right? 37 years thing. ago is a long time. It's a long time. I don't know what's there. You know, if you're asking me my opinion, I find it very hard to believe that in the middle of the day, Donald Trump pushed someone into a closet and did what he, he did. Dre- yeah,
1: the dressing it. room. I mean, it is a little, right. you know, my opinion, too,
7: it seems a little off. Right. It just Okay. Uh, this judge, because Donald Trump defends himself, right? And by the way, I'm, I've attacked Trump. You know me. I'm no, like, you know, MAGA supporter here. But still, you know, I'm looking at this fairly. You know, Donald Trump defends himself. He says, no, the woman's wrong. She's crazy, whatever he said. Uh, and he gets hit with a libel verdict of $82 million for, for what? I mean, what, what are the damages for saying what he said? And so people are scratching their heads. Why would this judge go out of the way? And... Some of the people at Paul Weiss that used to work there say, "Well, if you want to know why, here are some connections. Uh, Whether whether you know confluence means uh, is is conclusive is is, is something that people talk about a lot, uh, and uh, is 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 a question. I'm not saying it is, but it's worth raising as a journalist. That is Donald Trump getting a fair." Shake from this judge, and why isn't he? And and let
1: me ask you, Charlie Gasparino, a Fox Business that didn't the legal team not know the details? Some of the stuff like that wasn't known to them, right? Until you told them,
7: I brought up. No, I brought up to them the Roberta Kaplan connection. Yeah, that's interesting. When I brought brought it up to Alina Habba, Alina Habba, yeah, Habba, Um, he was like, "Well, what are you talking about? I'm I'm reading uh, Roberta Kaplan's linked." Wikipedia page and said she got to – she didn't get to Paul Weiss until 96, and, you know, Lou Kaplan left Paul Weiss in 94. He was appointed to the federal bench by – by Bill Clinton at that point. And I said, no, nah, that's wrong. I mean, her, and we found out that that was wrong. Her LinkedIn page was wrong. It
1: that is happen. really interesting. Charlie,
3: that hold on. Wrong. We have Judge Weinberg has a question Charlie, for you. Charlie, good to talk to you. Number one, that 82 or $83 million for this is absolutely excessive. It should be set aside as excessive. They should make an application before Joe... Judge Kaplan to set aside as excessive. That's number one. Number two, the issue that you've come across—the relationship between Roberta Kaplan, no relation to Judge Kaplan—where it's alleged that he was a mentor. That's one of the arguments made. Who knows? But they should make that as a ground for an appeal of this matter. Well, there, now they're
7: right now we should point out that Roberta Kaplan came out today, and you know, we asked her that point blank. By the way. And we didn't give her, like, five minutes to, to respond. We gave her all day. You know, we this was a story that was worked on methodically uh, when I was, you know, at the post. Uh, we asked her to comment on the mentor thing. She didn't until today. And she said that there weren't um, – that's not – that wasn't their relationship. She denied that was it. Uh, be that as it may, but let me ask you this, Judge. Should, should this just been have disclosed at one point that they worked together at one point? Absolutely. In, in, in any Absolutely. Case. I mean, just I don't care if she's the mentor or the mentee or, or, or they never said hello. Right. I don't care. I, and, but I, we quoted someone who said a little bit more than that. Just trust me. Who's a former partner at, at the firm. And you know, he's in, he's in, this guy is a name. I'm not going to say who it is. He's, he's a real thing. This was, and by the way, this came to me. I didn't, you know this is someone who been, who's reading the papers and you know thought and reading the media and thought it was kind of odd that this hadn't been brought in up. access
3: a caution if I was in a similar situation I would have disclosed yeah. it Charlie yeah at least put and it I out just there
7: say I, just say, I just say we never talked you know we barely knew each other I don't know whatever you know just you just get just it just out put there. it out
3: just get it out there put it on the record but the fact that it never <laughs> came just, out is a problem itself
7: yeah I think it's yeah, interesting
1: I, absolutely yeah, it's
7: just, it, 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 and it only came out because someone alerted me at, right you know, why didn't they put it out Kevin? there
1: right uh, there's something it just you know the thing is Charlie we hear that uh we were just talking about Fanny Willis You're, you know it's like there's there's it, when there's an appearance on it they should err on the the side of it as opposed to it not coming out it just doesn't look good uh, and Listen, it
9: it's just, it's just
7: to me when well and and you start thinking like why 82 million yeah, and exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, where does he get that number from?
1: Yeah, I mean, really. and it was more than the prosecutors asked for. I the mean, prosecutors asked for ten. He's like, no, I'll do it eight times. That no, come no, on. No, no, no. I mean, somebody is, somebody is
2: is losing it. it. It's making the whole legal system look like crap. It does. It looks fishy. Well, here's
7: the thing: she, when 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 Trump defamed her uh, allegedly, or according to the jury, defamed her, how old was she? She was like in her late seventies, right?
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. So, I think so. so I, yeah, I assume we, so. Yeah, so. How much what, is she going after that? What's your point?
7: <laughs> well, my, my point is that, you know, what type of actual damage did you do to somebody? I mean, calling her the name that he called, I think he called her a whack job, right, Or and, and a liar. Yeah. Does, did that really diminish her earning capability at 77 years old by $80 million.
1: Right, and maybe she's getting book deals and things now. There's some reports potentially. I don't know,
7: you know, but. I mean, but I'm sure it's going to be more. I, I'm just saying that it, it's just it, it, the whole thing kind of. Now, maybe that's pain and suffering that you couldn't sleep a night when the president calls you a whack job. I, you know, I, it just it seems it's hard to sort of get your hand around it. And but the bigger thing is, as a journalist, I think everything should be disclosed. You know, again. He denies now that they were that they were they had a, a, a relationship that was mentor mentee fine. But why wasn't the fact that they worked together at the same firm? And there's a big firm? Charlie, why, you can
3: call me a and whack job or just give me 10 million. <laughs>
7: and okay. and I'll by do way, it for eight. You know, now, she claims she never worked with Judge Kaplan. And, I, and listen, I, I, I want to put that in the story. She said it. And we did put a denial in there. Or and the mentor thing, but you know he was one of the senior litigators in the in that in the firm. She was in the litigation area. Yes, yeah, so I mean it's not like there's like little,
1: right, right. Charlie, yeah. great work by the way. Great reporting.
2: You did a great reporting right. and great work on disclosing what the heck is going on because nobody could understand it.
7: Thank yeah, you, and Charlie. Way, I tried. I tried to be very fair to her and everybody. I gave everybody a chance to talk me out of it. And Which, said, by no, the way,
2: you. you always do, Charlie. You're a great reporter, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. And uh, now we're going to go to break, Charlie. And, you know, we're going to come back with Sid Rosenberg from Jerusalem.
0: It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: Sometimes. Sid
1: Rosenberg, of course, the great host of Sid and Friends on WABC Radio. And Sid, you are right there in Israel. You're joining us from Jerusalem. Give us a sense of what it is like there.
9: Well, it's been amazing, you know, and um, if you've listened the last couple of days, I've thanked John and Margot a thousand times, not because I'm, I'm looking to patronize them and Chad, but because giving me this opportunity as a nice Jewish kid from Brooklyn who's been to not one but two yeshivas, including Solomon Schechter High School way back when, I never got here. You know, we came close, Rita and John, two years ago when my son Gabriel got bar mitzvot. And By the way, John, you and Margot were there for that. Thank you so much. But we never got here. My dad, who I talk about all the time, who I love and miss desperately, he never got here. So to be here, to be praying at the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall on Monday, saying a prayer for my father, John, Margo, all of you at WABC, Rita. Just an unbelievable experience. And, of course, in and around all this is the tension that exists because of a real war going on south of me and maybe, unfortunately, in the not-too-distant future, north of me. Now, uh,
2: let me tell you, Sid, uh, do you hear any rockets going off? Do you hear any uh, bullets going off? Give me the level of security and the average people walking around Jerusalem, because I've been in Jerusalem, how do the people walking around Jerusalem feel? What is it like?
9: Well, that's a great question, John. And the truth is, no. Uh, the closest we've gotten to rockets here was late in yesterday's show uh, in Tel Aviv, which is about 50 minutes from here. In fact, when you land in Israel, you land in Tel Aviv, 50 minute drive from the hotel in Jerusalem. They did have air raid sirens, and they were firing rockets at Tel Aviv. There's no rockets that have been fired here, John, in Jerusalem for about six weeks now. But uh, could it happen? Sure it could. In terms of the people, uh, John, let me tell you, (laughs) these are amazing people. You know, lots of people in New York carry guns. Not all of them know what they're doing. The difference here is every kid, male and female, male and female, must serve in the Army. So when you run into a teenager on the street or somebody in their mid-twenties, they're carrying guns, and they know how to use them because they've served in the army. So look, John, to your point, there is tension. Uh, The folks are still worried. We spent time this morning in Gush Etzion, which is just outside of uh, Bethlehem and just outside of Ephrat. It's about 30 minutes from here, my hotel in Jerusalem, and they get attacked almost every day, people throwing rocks home invasions, arson fires. So all over the country of Israel, there are attacks. Since we've been here, four attacks, one in Haifa, two in Tel Aviv, happening every single day, not to the extent, John and Rita, of what we saw down south, obviously, back on October the 7th, or what we may see coming up in the north. But there is a lot of tension. There are servicemen all over this city walking around with big guns. I mean, big guns which makes you feel safe at the same time. It's kind of intimidating, but I will say this, and I mean this, I don't feel any less safe here, John and Rita, than the two train at about five o'clock in the morning. And that is not a hyperbole. That is the absolute Ooh. truth.
2: Uh, is everybody going to work every day? Is business as usual? In Jerusalem, uh, uh, or are there higher tensions?
9: Everybody goes to work every day, but another really good question. So, when I walked to the Western Wall, John, a couple of days ago, we walked through something called the Arab quarters or the Muslim shops, and these are um, these are shops that are open basically twenty four seven that sell trinkets, that sell memorabilia, all those things. They are completely shut down because Jewish people. Uh, in this town are no longer spending money at these Arab shops. And don't forget, this happened October the 7th. They couldn't afford to stay open. So those Arab shops on the walk to the Western Wall, they are closed down. It looks like, John, the Upper West Side. Rent sales everywhere. So, uh, But Jewish people, they get up every day. They go to work. and And I'll say this. They say the same thing to me in the street. It's anecdotal, but I've talked to a lot of people, women, Children, adults, they are not afraid. They are not afraid. They don't like it. They don't want war. They're very anxious about what could happen up in the north between Hezbollah, Lebanon, and the new attacks. But uh, they are not afraid. They go to work. They go out at night. They party. They dance. My hotel is right down the block. with a bunch of very, very active restaurants and nightclubs, and people are having a great time. And it's business as the usual. They're not afraid.
2: Wow. Now let me ask you another question: Has tourism dried up, or are there still people
9: coming? Another great question. Uh, it has not dried up, but it is down, John. To be completely honest, it is down, and that's Yeah, I mean, right, me right now, now it's
1: so bad. dangerous, you
9: know. Yeah, but yeah. it's not. See, that's that's what I want New Yorkers to know. We, John, it's not it's dangerous not, because
2: it, everybody has their eyes open right now. Yeah, which is smart. By the way, everybody you know what? The reverse like, is getting and everybody uh, has too fun? comfortable. Everybody but has. the one
1: thing that I think is interesting, guys, is. Are they worried? Because the one thing we're feeling here, Sid, today is there's so much anxiousness after the attack on U.S. troops. Now we have we've had all these multiple attacks, but we had three well, of the them The difference killed.
2: between the U.S. troops but and Israelis. What's going to the They're used to it. I'm going to tell you know? that if they shoot at the Israelis once, the Israelis will will shoot ten times at them. Exactly. And we're Versus sadly the what, reverse. What the United States under is not doing right now under this president. Well, yes. Thank you, Sid, and, look, and uh, stay you know, safe. Be... And I wake thank up you. early to listen to you at 6 o'clock in the morning.
9: I know you do, John. I love you, and I mean this sincerely, and so does Danielle here, my beautiful wife, my son. We're going to play together tomorrow at the Western Wall, which is going to be a very, very special oh, experience. Beautiful. I went alone on Monday. My daughter's here from college in London, and we all want to thank you, John. And my father, somewhere in heaven, wants to thank you, too. He's watching uh, this beautiful experience. We really love you for that. Thank you.
2: Thank beautiful. you, Sid. Stay and uh, we'll catch up again real soon. I'll be listening to you in the morning.
9: Thank you, guys. I love you both. Have a great show. Thank you so you much. Too. You Stay soon.
2: safe. Wow. Beautiful, Sid. Well, wow. On six o'clock to, uh, tomorrow morning, tomorrow I set my, morning. Al- my alarm clock at six to make sure I'm listening to Sid from Israel.
1: Not five fifty nine. Don't you Don't you need a minute to wake up? I don't up? want to
4: hear no. <laughs> John, it's 6 so one This is overtime beautiful. tonight. I gets overtime tonight. Yeah. We're okay. It's uh, 6 so right. one
2: But I'm still saying, say <laughs> how beautiful. To... Stay safe, Sid. We love you. What a Thank beautiful you. report. Thank you for making us the number one show at 5 o'clock. Thank you so much out there, audience. And what are we saying for? Truth, justice, and the American, American way. way.